The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. More than 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care. With guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Meryl Griff. Welcome to Coffee Between Generations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I really appreciate it because I know how busy you are. So, I have a question for you, and that is, why do you think we avoid having certain conversations? I mean, conversations about sensitive issues can be challenging, and so most of the time, I found that my clients just avoided having them. And, And why is that, all right? Well, Perhaps it's because we anticipate that nothing's going to be accomplished. I mean, let's face it, Dr. Burrow. I mean, let's just face it. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Perhaps it's because we're afraid of the emotional environment that gets triggered and laced with, let's face it, sometimes screaming, shouting, very, very hurtful words, and sometimes very painful accusations. But you know what? Whatever the reason, the bottom line is that we often avoid having these conversations until it's too late for anything to be accomplished that's positive. Or we end up keeping it in and we don't say anything. And then finally, we just explode. We just absolutely explode because we've held it in for too long. And then we really do end up saying things that we don't mean. Well, our guest today is Dr. Paul Coleman. And Dr. Coleman is going to share with us his tips and methods for having tough conversations that actually will be successful. We're going to be discussing those hot topics, those sensitive issues, money, kids, infidelity, and even sex. He is an award-winning author and a nationally known psychologist in private practice with 30 years of experience. He has written 13 books, including his latest award-winning book, Finding Peace, when your heart is in pieces. He's appeared on national television shows such as Oprah and the Today Show, dozens of radio programs across the country, including NPR, and he's been quoted in numerous popular magazines such as Time, Cosmopolitan, Red Book, Real Simple, and many, many others. And Dr. Coleman has been happily married for over 30 years. He and his wife have three children, whom they have survived. They've survived having three children, and they're still happily married. Welcome to Caught Between Generations, Dr. Coleman. Well, thank you, Dr. Griff. It's really my pleasure and delight to be here. Oh, well, we're glad to have you. So, can I call you Paul? Is that okay? Yes. 
Oh, great. And you'll call me Merrill. Great. Okay. So, Paul, you discuss toxic traps, key mistakes that couples make when they're trying to discuss a, a, any difficult topic. So, so what are those? What are those toxic traps? Well, there can be many different ones, and it might depend upon the individual couple and their, their particular style. Um, but, you know, one, one common trap... Um, would be um, maybe starting off much too hot in the conversation. Um, are you there with me? I'm hearing beeps. Yes, I am here with okay, you. I'm, I'm hearing noises. I'm sorry. I'm just hearing noises that's okay. in the background, and I, I wasn't sure. Um, sometimes they start off the conversation too hot and heavy, and it escalates uh, very quickly. And once it escalates, it's very difficult for the average couple to de-escalate in a way that's going to create uh, the conversation to continue in an effective way. So you never want the conversation to escalate too much. You want to be able to fix it or repair it while it's happening. Um, and so starting off <clears throat> very hot and heavy um, usually is, an, is one, of the, one of the traps that, that, that people make. So what you're suggesting is that when you, you try to start out when you're perhaps a little bit calmer, is that so? Calmer or a gentler startup. <clears throat> you know, you may be upset, you know, and if you are upset and you think it might get too harsh very quickly, just say, please bear with me. You know, you, you don't want to just rail right into it. Um, a gentle startup that says, you know, I have some concerns about this or that. You know, it's now a good time to talk as opposed to, I can't believe this is what you did and why you did it. And, you know, I, you know we have to talk about this, which, which might be effective for some people, but it might also create more defensiveness um, and just back and forth debate, which, which usually doesn't help at all. You know, one of the other traps that you discuss is believing that all relationships problems can be resolved. I mean, I want to believe that all relationship problems can be resolved. I mean, is that not so? <laughs> well, I'll tell you the, the secret, <clears throat> which is that every, every couple has several areas, usually, of permanent disagreement. This is based on not just their values, but their preferences or their personalities, common differences, might be one person tends to be a little more of a neat freak and the other one is more casual or maybe a bit of a slob. Maybe someone likes to spend more while the other one saves. One likes to go out and is extroverted. The other prefers to stay home. One is lenient with the kids. One is more strict. It goes on and on. Um, and many times those differences can't be eradicated. And that's what the mistake and that's a trap that couples make when they try to get their partner to be very radically different from, from the way they've been. So you can't, you can't solve certain problems. So some problems are, are what we might call permanent or chronic. Um, they're more like here we go again problems based on personality styles. Um, what you can do is you can manage them very effectively, but you can't get rid of them. And that's the, that's the, the trick, is how to manage them. 
And what successful couples do is they'll say, okay, here we are again. Here's this issue yet again, whatever it is. I I want the house cleaned up. I want us to spend Saturday doing house cleaning, and and you don't, and I'm getting frustrated. That's the issue. So their attitude is, how do you want to deal with it today? And they'll deal with it in one person's way and not the other's, or they'll find common ground. Because next week or the week after, they may handle it a different way. They don't expect to have a one-size-fits-all answer. They kind of have the, how do you want to deal with it today? And that tends to work more effectively. Of course, it does require cooperation still. um, But you're more likely to be cooperated with if you are leaning in the other person's direction too. You know, I hadn't thought about this, but uh, when my husband uh, retired, you know, things change when one person uh, retires. And after working sometimes, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, I didn't want to come home to a sink filled with dirty dishes. He couldn't understand what my problem was um, and why that bothered me. Um, and so he said, I'll get to them eventually. So I said to him, I finally said to him, look, you, you have a choice. Here's what you, here's what you have. You can either have me walk in the house and I can start dinner or whatever. And there aren't any sink dishes in the sink and I'm happy and pleasant and I'm nice to you, or you can leave the dishes in the sink and then I'll be miserable and, you know, grumpy and not very nice and the whole night will go difficult. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to call you 10 minutes before I'm, uh, before I hit the house, which will give you the 10 minute warning that I'm coming in. So get the dishes done. Um, so the night will go better. And actually that worked for him anyway, for for us, so that's great. That's so, great. tell us about um, you have a you have a technique you've developed that I really really like. Um, share with us the sale method that you developed. S A I L sale. Right. Okay. So when when couples come in and they're having you know here we go again arguments or there are conflicts and they can't settle them, you know they want to know what are some good rules to follow. And so I I came up with SAIL as a simple mnemonic to help the couples so they can remember what to do. Um, And there's, there's, there's value to each of them because couples can have a problem with any one of these four steps. The S stands for keep it simple. And by that I mean when you have a problem, try to be as concise as you can. Get to the point. Uh, You don't want to tell a long story and throw in the kitchen sink as well because it makes it too difficult for the listener to take it all in and, and where, where do they begin replying. So first, just keep it simple. Um, it might just be, can we talk about, you know, how we do the dishes, you know, or whatever it is. Um, but to talk about it in a way that's concise and to the point. Um, the second one, the A, um, I, 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 I use it to, for the word accept or allow. And by that, I mean, Sometimes in conversations or arguments, people use words which are not accurate, but, but the spirit of what they're saying is understood. So they might say, you know, you never do the dishes, or you're, you're always too critical with the kids. And the other one says, well, I'm not always too critical with the kids, and I do do the dishes, and if I don't do the dishes, I've mopped the floor. So now they're arguing over the words always or never. Right. Um, so anytime you want to say to your partner, I can't believe you said that, 
or, you know, that's not exactly true. I would say, can you accept, which is the A in sale, or can you allow that person to use that language rather than jumping them on it for it and try to pay attention to the spirit of what they are saying? Because the spirit of what they're saying is probably more valid. If someone says, you know, you never talk nicely to the kids, probably the spirit of what they're saying is, you know, you can be a little harsh sometimes, maybe more times than I would like. That's probably more accurate um, than saying never or always. So give them a little bit of room to breathe. You don't want to accept or tolerate or allow highly toxic or abusive language, but give them a little room to breathe. That's the A in sales. So keep it simple. Give them some room to breathe by allowing them to say what they're saying without jumping on every word. The I is is also very essential. And this is where couples also um, really falter and never really get to. The I okay, so, for- so Dr. Coleman, I really hate to do this, but I'm going to interrupt us um, because we have to go for a very quick break. So Great. when we return, we're going to return to the sale method. We've done we've done straight, stating things straightforwardly. We've done acceptance or allow. And I, the inquire is so important. I, w- I want you to have the full time to really discuss it. So stay with us. When we come back, we're going to sail with Dr. Coleman. Stay with us. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. At Sarah Care, we provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-Care.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I am Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with Dr. Paul Coleman, the author of many books, including We Need to Talk, 
tough conversations with your spouse, from money to infidelity, tackle any topic with sensitivity and smarts. So right before the break, I had asked Dr. Coleman to um, share his sale method with us, S-A-I-L, for having conversations about touchy subjects. So we had done the S, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Coleman, is to state is stated straightforwardly. Yep. Uh, the A yep. is for accept or allow. Correct. Okay. So now we're on to the I, which was critical. Um, yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to give you a lot of time to discuss that. Well, thank you. Um, this is where I find I do most of my work when I'm with a couple. Uh, is is the I, and the I stands for <clears throat> can you inquire about what's really important about the point of view that you're taking. Like, why is it so important that you're willing to have a big argument about it? What nerve is it touching? What issue is it raising for you? Because some research shows that about 70% of what couples argue about, they're not arguing about. (laughs) They're arguing about something broader or deeper. Um, But when they stick to the topic at hand, They therefore don't solve it because that's really not what's going on underneath. So I might say, why is this so important to you that, um, you know, your, your spouse clean up the house before you get home? Or why is it so important to you that your spouse not use a gruff tone with the children? And I'm not saying you're wrong or you're right. I just want to find out why. And very often people will start telling stories Sometimes it has to do with their background. They'll say, well, when I was a child, you know, this is what I experienced. And, and because of that, they have a sensitivity to something. You know, you talked about um, just the dishes being clean. When I grew up, um, after dinner, my mother and if my father was home, <clears throat> they would clean up the kitchen and they would clean up the dining room table. And that's the dining room table was where I did my homework. And it was like pristine. And I remember the feeling of doing my homework on this very clean, tidy table. And it was always a good feeling. Um, So when I'm home now as an adult and the tables are filled with clutter, I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) I don't argue about it necessarily. We'll clean it up or we won't clean it up. You know, after 34 years of marriage, we... We have our ways of of just accepting certain things or talking about certain things. Um, But I'm always more comfortable when things are really tidy and clean. So by saying something like that, it adds a little something. Um, It might be that the, the thing that's bothering them is an issue that has gone on with the couple many times. So if they're arguing about who takes out the trash, chances are it's not about the trash. It might be about control. Or fairness, it might be, I always take out the trash, and I do so many other things, and you don't. That could be what the issue is about. And then what they really should get to is how can we deal with the unfairness or the perceived unfairness. But what's what's essential is each person needs to be able to say, what is it I need them to understand that they don't get? And sometimes they don't get it themselves until we, we explore it. Why is this so important to me? What would I lose? If I didn't get my way, why would it bother me? And when we can get to that issue, 
And then the other person is able to say, well, this is why this is so important to me on the other side. Then we have a chance to be able to come up with an answer that gets us somewhere because most couples instead come up with solutions or ideas that if one person gets their way, the other one can't. And if you can't get your way, and also underneath it is a bigger issue um, that comes back from your childhood or from past relationships or from your past history with your partner, then when you don't get your way, you're going to really resent it because it's like, here we go again. That same old thing is happening. Um, So why does it bother you? Why does it bother you? It kind of boils down to a handful of things if we speak very broadly. One of them I've always mentioned, control. If you don't feel in control or like you have enough influence in the relationship or that it's fair, then you're going to sometimes get very stubborn in your point of view because really what you're saying is, I need to get some fairness back into this, so I'm not going to give you anything on this topic. It's got to go my way. So that's often a big one. Another one might be, am I lovable in this relationship? Am I loved? If you question that, then you could argue about spending or the kids or anything else, but really underneath it might be, I need to know that I'm loved or I'm desirable, which is a self-esteem issue, or I'm competent. And until those things get brought out and put on the table, only then can you really address what's really going on and come up with an answer that might really work for the couple. So let me, since I've in, in put myself into this conversation, and perhaps I regret this actually. So <laughs> let me let me go, let me go back to my dishes. So I know what my reasoning is. My reasoning is that if I'm coming home uh, to start making dinner, I like to start with a clean work surface, basically. All right. So. I don't I don't want a bunch of clutter and dirt, okay? If I'm going out to dinner, I could care less, all right? If, when I walk into it, I'll, you know, we'll take care of it later. But, you know, I think some things are are very deep, and, and there's much deeper reasons behind it. I think, though, sometimes people look for deeper reasons, and the reasons are pretty simple. Um, you know, you liked, you felt more comfortable at a pristine table. I like to start cooking from a clean work surface. Um, I, I don't think those things are complex. Sometimes I think they're they're more simple. And I wonder... If, if you can say to your partner, you know, I understand that you don't understand my reasoning behind this, but could you just accept that it bothers me and basically just accommodate my request or you don't think that's a good approach? That's, that's all fine and it works when for the most part the relationship is solid and strong and there's a lot of goodwill. If, and to use your example, and let's, we can make it a fictitious person, you know, let's say you've made the request dozens of times to have the dishes cleared when you get home. Once in a while they are, a lot of times they're not. And every time you bring it up, there's a complaint like, oh, you're nagging, or oh, you don't understand, I was busy too. At that point, there's going to be more than just it's a preference on one's part to have the place all clean in order to start cooking. Usually it could, now there's a sense of, you know, if you really cared about me, you wouldn't give me a hard time about such a small thing. Why aren't you being thoughtful to me? And then it starts to, that becomes more of an issue. 
And the other person, in theory, could have the same thing. Why are you giving me a hard time when I work so hard in other ways and now you're, you're busting my chops over dishes? So what I'm saying about what's important underneath is, is mostly relevant when you have a chronic, here we go again, un, unresolved problem. If you don't have one that's unresolved, then you can, you can do the simple thing like you suggested would you mind just, you know, accepting it that this is my personality, this is my preference, and can you just work with me on that? Okay. And then it's all said and done. Okay. So we've done, let's go back to sale. For, we've done the S, sure. A, accept, the I is inquire. Right. What, is, what is the L? The L is once you understand why the issue is so important to your partner, because we're talking about issues where you've been in conflict about, and once they understand why your point of view is so important to you, what's, you know, what's the real issue? What's, what are you losing if you don't get your way? The L stands for can you list some ideas that would address both sides of what you want? What ideas can we can come up with that addresses your concerns and wants as well as mine? You may not be able to, depending on the situation, but very often you can, or you can come up with a, a third way, a, a middle ground, or, or some other way. So it's given what we understand about each other, what can, what can we come up with? Because what I find with couples, when I find what is partner A really upset about, and what is partner B really upset about, they're apples and oranges. It's really not the same thing. Um, and... So to try to fix one side doesn't fix the other side at all. So we got to say, gee, how can we meet your need to feel desirable, if that's the issue, while we can meet your need to feel like the relationship is fair? What can we do so that we're working towards those ends? And if you then come up with a plan that addresses that, you may find that the topic issue that you're arguing about um, goes away or is far less volatile. You know, in um, in one of your answers, you talked you meant talked about goodwill that there, yeah. you know, it, that there if it's goodwill in a relationship, that's a positive thing. So, why do you think it's it, it's important to cultivate, really cultivate goodwill and and how does that impact your communications with your partner? Yeah. I I tell clients you know, there's a magic line, like a water line in any relationship. And if you're above the water line, you can have occasional conflicts, disappointments, letdowns, annoyances, and you're able to let it go. You're able to forgive it. You're able to, to say, oh, it's no big deal. Um, and, you're, and you're able to move on. And the reason you can is because when you're above the waterline, it means that you have an abundance of goodwill. And we use goodwill as like money. It pays for the negatives, the disappointments, the letdowns, the annoyances, the hassles in a relationship. When you don't have enough goodwill, which comes from chronic conflict, um, two people ships passing in the night and you're not able to, to be with each other enough or if there's been some major hurt against one another that's caused a lot of arguing or a lot of distancing 
then it's like not having enough money to pay your bills. And then when there's a problem, and it could even be a small problem, um, you don't have the goodwill to pay for it. Uh, and once you're below that waterline, it's like not being able to catch your breath in the water. And what happens then is anything negative that happens is viewed as, well, this is how they are, or this is how we are. Of course we're like this, or of course he or she is like that because that's how they are. And anything positive that happens when you're below the waterline is kind of dismissed as, well, that's an exception to the rule, but it's not typical. When you're above the waterline, it's just the opposite. Uh, anything bad that happens is the exception to the rule. It's not how they are. And anything good that happens is, well, that's how they are. So we, we, we interpret things. You know, we see this in politics, and I'm not going to get into politics, but you can see if you don't like a politician, there's very little they can do correctly. <laughs> and when they do something correctly, you're going to dismiss it as not that important. And if they do something wrong, you're going you're gonna to attack them for it. And if you love a particular politician, they, they can't do anything wrong for the most part. We make excuses for them. And that's what happens in relationships, depending upon the level of goodwill. So goodwill is very, very crucial. And I tell people that one negative interaction costs many moments, many interactions of goodwill, which is why you could have a great weekend together, and then it all goes away because of one argument. Uh, it wipes away all the good. Um, Dr. So Coleman, Go ahead, finish your thought. Sorry. We have, to, we have to reduce the negatives drastically and raise the positives. Okay, I'm hoping that I'm keeping your goodwill, but I have to go to break. So you when are. we return, we're going to thank you. <laughs> even, though, even though I did the dish thing. So we're going to, when we come back, though, we're going to be discussing um, a really, really uh, tough topic, and that is infidelity. So we'll stay with us. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Where's your dad? What's he doing? You'd know if he was at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. You'd know he's enjoying a full day of cooking, computers, yoga, golfing, and he's home by dinner. You'd know Sarah Care LPN and RN Nursing Care is with him to ensure he gets the right medications at the right dosages. You'd know. How's your dad? He's just fine. At Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. Call 330-451-6108 for one free day of care at Sarah Care. Do you understand what really needs to be done for your health? Or like many, are you mostly letting what you hear and see in today's media dictate your healthy lifestyle? It's time to get focused. There is a reason why cancer, heart disease, chronic fatigue, hypothyroidism, and other illnesses are running rampant in our world. Ganino Wellness Radio with Dr. John and Linda Ganino will show you that there are easy, preventative, everyday steps to get you back on track. Listen live every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. 
You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I'm Dr. Merle, and I'm here with Dr. Paul Coleman, who's a psychologist and the author of many books, including You, Him, and the Other Woman, Break the Love Triangle and Reclaim Your Marriage, Your Love, and Your Life. So at least you think that this section uh, of the show is only for men. I want to quote for you a quote that Dr. Coleman actually had in his book from another book entitled Sex in America, A Definitive Survey. It states that about 25% of all married men will be unfaithful and about 15% of all married women will also be unfaithful. Um, and I think sometimes the prejudice is that it's it's only the men um, who participate in this behavior and it's never the women. But, you know, it's a new age and things are changing. So, Paul, let's Let's begin by discussing a topic that I don't think has received necessarily a lot of attention, and that is cyber affairs. So let's begin by defining what really is a cyber affair. Well, anytime you are emotionally involved or sexually involved in some way with anybody else, um, and in this case it's online, in the internet, you're cheating, you're, 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 you're taking away some kind of closeness or intimacy with your sp- partner, your spouse, and you're investing it into somebody else. And even if it's just flirting, people say it's just flirting, um, or it's, you know, just chatting, but the, but the topic sometimes gets a little sexual, but you know you're never going to meet the person because they live, you know, 10 states away or whatever. Um, it's still an affair. And if you don't believe it, then ask your partner what they think. <laughs> and I think they're not <laughs> going to like it. <laughs> does, does that include, um, do you think, um, texting? Because I've come across people now who they're doing the same thing. They kind of meet someone online who they're never going to meet because you're right. They, they live many, many states away. Um, or they say they're never going to meet them. And, and yet there's this continual texting going back and forth between them. And you'll say, why are you doing that? And they'll say, well, I don't know. It's a break in the day. You know, he or she is pretty funny and they, you know, they bring humor in my day. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't understand what your problem is or my partner's problem is. Yeah, I think it is a problem. Um, I mean, it can be a problem. You know, <clears throat> the reason is because one of the more common types of affairs that start, um, we're getting off um, texting for a moment, but there is a connection, um, there are with coworkers um, who you just start to be friends with. You enjoy their company, you have coffee together, you go on break together, and people say, we're just doing this, we're just doing this, we're just having coffee, we're just talking after work, I'm just being a confidant. He or she is telling me about their their problems at home or their problems with their parents, and I'm just being a good listener. And it all sounds very good, but then slowly but surely, you're finding ways to continue to talk to this person more ways, and then you realize you start to have feelings. Many people have come to me saying, I had no intention of starting an affair. I just started liking this person, and the next thing I knew, I realized I really liked this person. So they were kidding themselves all along, And it's the same thing. If there's a lot of texting, and I've had couples come in where there's nothing blatantly 
flirtatious or sexual on the, on the texts, but they might have 400 texts over the course of a month. It's like, who, what's going on there? That's a lot of texts. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of time spent away from one's partner because you're really not having quality time with your partner. Um, and you're probably looking forward to those new texts that come in. So all of a sudden, you're inching towards somebody else, even though technically nothing's really happened that would be blatantly called an affair um, or even flirting. But you're tempting fate. So you talk about um, three categories, three types of affairs. So, you know, I guess I'm going to ask you what those are. But my question is, why would I care? An affair is an affair. What difference would it make to me, whether it's a sexual gratification only or whether it's for emotional gratification only or it's for both? I mean, why would I care? What difference would it make to me? Well, it may not um, make a difference to some people. Um, to a lot of people, it does. Um, I, when, you know, for some people, they can handle the emotional part. Do you have feelings for this person? Do you love this person? Have you had sex yet? And if the answer is, I really start having feelings for this person, but nothing's happened, then for that person, they might think, okay, um, this, this can still work for me. Because for some people, once you've crossed the barrier physically with somebody else, it's really hard for them to, to forgive that. For other people, um, and, and, and I tend, this is a, maybe a stereotype, but I tend to hear that you know, men have a much harder time if the women in their lives cheated sexually. Women will have a hard time if, if their spouse or partner has had feelings for the other person. Um, and so sometimes people can handle the sex, but not the emotion. I don't, it bothers them that, that, that you're falling in love. Someone else can say, I can handle the emotion, but I can't handle the sex. So that's the reason it's mentioned, because it's different things for different people. So the other thing that you talk about is beliefs that keep you stuck. You know, things like, you know, beliefs that are probably true, more or less, but that you refuse to accept. Um, and those that are probably untrue, but that you refuse to abandon. Can, can you discuss that in more detail with us? I can. Can you give me an example um, of what you're referring to? Sure. So, for instance, sometimes, you know, um, you say that, you know, you express a strong belief, so, such as, you know, there's absolutely no excuse all right, for having an affair. That would be right. a very, very strong belief that may prevent us from, you know, working through this. Yeah, uh, that's a very common one. <clears throat> People, often they want to know why. Why did you do it? And every answer that the other person comes up with usually sounds like an excuse, like I wasn't happy at home or I was under stress or I didn't intend to, the other person, you know, kind of came on to me. Um, But the the bottom line for many partners is it's, there is no excuse at all. Um, But the truth is people have affairs or they cheat or they flirt and there are reasons for it. And if they want to repair the relationship, it's helpful to kind of sort through what might at least some of those reasons be, because if we can go after them 
and kind of figure out how to eliminate them in the future, it increases your sense of faith and trust that maybe the relationship can get back on track. People say things like, if you love me, you would never do it. Well, I like that idea. It sounds very ideal. But I've seen couples who truly do love one another, and one of them had a really weak moment, and they cheated. And then they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this, and I feel horrible. And they spend the next year trying to do anything they can to win back the love. Um, We can say that they're weak. We can say that they weren't thinking, and there might be other factors involved. But it is possible to still love somebody and then make, make really bad judgment. Um, but once you say, if you do this, you must not love me, then there's no place to go with that. What are some things that you think that when you first find out about the affair, because it's such a shock, you know, what are your recommendations on perhaps things that you really don't want to do or you don't want to yeah. say when you first find out? Well, you don't want to make drastic decisions because you're in for uh, a roller coaster ride um, and any drastic decision one way or the other you know um, usually it's like get out I never want to see you again this is unforgivable we're going to get a divorce or something like that Um, be be careful about that because it, it might be what happens and it might be what you really want but a lot of times it's just coming from anger and hurt And then you back out of it, and then you have to still deal with the issues. And you want to be taken seriously. You don't want to be someone who says things that the other person can say to themselves, well, I'm sure they don't mean that. You want to be able to to mean what you say. Um, You you want to not make excuses for it. So I've had that, too. I've had people, I had a couple last night. where the the woman was actually on the phone during our session and the the man was in the session, the room with me. And um, he admitted to cheating. And and she says, well, you know, that's okay. We can work through that. And I was kind of taken aback because I'm thinking that's not easy to do. So uh, that person may not be aware of what they're in for um, or there's something else going on that's, that's causing them to say that, that we don't know about. It might be that they're petrified of losing the, the man who had the affair, or maybe they've had their own affairs and, and they want to skirt his affair under the rug because otherwise they might have, their affair might come out. So, you know, you, you want to you look at this realistically. Are there any things that, you know, I shouldn't do? I mean, I think that the, you know, when there's children involved, the inclination um, is is to involve children, um, and you know, and and let them know that was going what was going on because you're so angry. You know, I've heard I've had people in my office, you know, basically say to a kid, "Well, your father," you know, yeah. and it goes yeah. on and on from there. Yeah, that's never that's never a good thing. Um, it just adds to hurt and resentment, and it makes it much more difficult. Um, you really want to try to keep the kids out of, of, the, of the gory details, uh, things like that. But, but the truth is, I find that that's more common than I'd like, where, where they involve the children that way. Um, it's never a good thing. never is. Um, but, we've been... You know, 
I'm going to interrupt you for So we've been talking to Dr. Coleman. Um, when we come back, we're going to take our last quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some ways to improve your communication without talking and when you do have children. Okay, so stay with us. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. At Sarah Care, we provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I'm Dr. Merrill, and we've been talking to Dr. Paul Coleman about two of his books, although he has many, uh, about tough conversations with your spouse and you, him, and the other women, which deals with issues of infidelity. So, um, Paul, you have a section in um, your book on parenting, and and I think it's very, we love our children, but, you know, let's face it, I mean, our children sometimes make, you know, maintaining a positive relationship sometimes a little challenging. So you have some suggestions for ways to improve communication without actually talking. So could you share one or two of those with us? Yeah, sure. Um, sometimes it's it's just being able to be together in a nice way um, where you don't necessarily have to say things, but it, but it actually adds to the sense of goodwill and, and a sense of real connection. I know a lot of parents, especially with young children, will allow their kids to, to go into bed with them from time to time. And that's okay if the child isn't feeling well or the child is ill um, or maybe they're scared about something. But I see many couples where they've really gotten into the pattern where either the child is in bed with them most of the time or one parent goes into the child's room and lies down next to them or stays in another bed because the child is uncomfortable or likes the parents to be around. And then that perpetuates. And then the couple loses that sense of intimacy, whether it doesn't have to be physical intimacy 
of a sexual nature. It's just the idea of falling asleep together and waking up together because you have opportunities there to chat or just to be with each other, to cuddle. All of that goes by the wayside. The more often children are in the bedroom, so that's one thing that they should uh, pay attention to. I think another thing is sometimes you're having a conversation with your partner. It doesn't have to be important. And the kids will interrupt because that's what kids do. They want a cookie. They want attention. They want something. Um, it's okay and probably very important to kind of say, please, kids, we're, we're talking. I'll be right with you. It teaches the kids patience, for one thing, and, and you know, taking some time where, where to allow the parents to, to, to finish their conversation. Um, and that, that shows some respect to your partner as well. It says that you're important to me right now. And the kids who are important, but they can wait. They're just talking about little stuff. Uh, so make sure that happens. Otherwise, the kids learn they can interrupt at all times. And very often, you never get back to what you were doing prior to that. I think it's also really, really good to show affection to one another um, with, you know, with, and that your kids can see you know, that mom and dad do love each other. Um, and that, that helps the kids, too. It's very, very reassuring to them. And when you are affectionate with your partner, you don't have to say anything. You're just giving them a hug or you're giving them a kiss. And that speaks volumes. Um, and if you know the other person is stressed out or troubled, sometimes you can't fix their problems, but you can put your arm around them. And then that speaks volumes without even having to say a word. I like that. And I, and you're right. I think it makes the children feel more secure um, and, and it makes them feel happier and, 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 and more comfortable. So let's just assume for a minute that, you know, things are going well or maybe they're not going so well, but you're in a conversation and suddenly it just blows up. You know, you're, it's just absolutely um, beginning to get absolutely out of control. You know, is there any way you can calm a situation down that you can de-escalate um, the communication when you're yeah. in the midst of it? There are, there are many ways, but it's all essential because if you can't de-escalate, it results in more escalation and then eventually someone walking away or shutting down, both of which are problematic. <clears throat> so you have to have a pre-agreement that as soon as it starts to escalate, one of us, whoever notices it first, will kind of you know, put up the, the stop sign and say something. It could be one of the many things. It could be, can we start over? That would be one way. It could be, um, could, would you mind saying that differently? which is your cue to them that the way they're saying it is rather hostile or abusive or nasty or disrespectful. Um, it might be apologizing. It's like, I'm sorry, I, I'm getting hot under the collar. I shouldn't do that. You know, give me a few seconds. So admitting when you're wrong. But it's important to say we have to start over and try again. And, and the other person has to cooperate because sometimes one person wants to calm down and the other one wants to keep going. And that's never going to work. So you have to have the pre-agreement that if one of you tries to calm it down, the other one will. A key question when, when you're going nowhere is, what is it you want me to understand that you don't think I do? And then promise that you're not going to interrupt until that person is able to 
say that. And then you should say it back to them. Okay, so what's really important to you is this. Is that correct? And when they say yes, you can then say, well, this is what I want you to understand that I'm not sure you do. Please listen. And now you have the two crucial ingredients of what both of you need. It's that I and sale. Why is this important? Um, and from there, you're more likely to be able to get to some kind of productive answer as to how can we address what's important to you and what's important to me rather than making it one or the other. One person gets their way and the other person does not. Dr. Coleman, this um, this has been a great show and, and you've been a great guest uh, with lots of really good information. So if people want to follow up and they want to get more information on the topics that you write and speak about, how would they do that? Well, they can go to my website, um, if they forget, they can just kind of Google my name, Paul Coleman, Dr. Paul Coleman. My website, uh, findingpeaceinyourheart.com. And there's ways to go see some books on there as well. There's some videos. There's lots of videos, actually. There's a YouTube channel on my website that you can go to and see me talking live, sometimes very small um, uh, discussions that don't take a lot of time but give some good information. Um, and, uh, that's the best way to get me finding peace in your My latest book that just came out a little while ago is finding peace when your heart is in pieces it has to do with loss or grief or major changes in your life, health changes, things that have caused a great upheaval. Dr. Paul Coleman, thank you so much for being with us today. I love it. Appreciate it. I really had a great time. Good. Thank you so much. You've shared a lot with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. So my takeaway today is to uh, remind you, I always ask you to do just one thing for yourself. Um, And I was reminded of, I had a professor, Dr. Margaret McFarland. She was a wonderful woman who actually helped to develop the Mr. Rogers show. And Dr. McFarland used to talk about young children and their development. And she would say mothers and fathers are like gas tanks. I know that doesn't sound very sexy and beautiful, but that's what she would say. And kids begin to become independent and they go away, but they always have to come back, uh, especially when they're very young, because they have to refuel. They have to get more gas. Otherwise, they, you know, they just can't keep going. Well, it's the same issue with you. You can't, you know, have better communications. You can't have goodwill um, in your marriage. You can't take care of all the people that you're trying to take care of if you're depleted. And if you're out of gas, you you become the gas tank for almost everyone around you in your life. And there has to be a way that you refuel. So the one thing I want you to do for yourself this week is to remember, find a way to refuel. You've got to refuel or you can't keep going on. This is Dr. Merle. I love your emails. Please keep writing to me uh, at Dr. Merle at Call Between Generations. I hope you're continuing to watch our Facebook Live. We've had lots of great comments and lots and lots of shares. Um, And that means a lot to me. I really appreciate you doing that. So once again, it's Dr. Merle. This is Call Between Generations. We are here today with Dr. 
Dr. Paul Coleman. And remember, just one thing for yourself. You're very, very important to everyone in your life. You've really got to refuel and take good care of yourself. You're very important. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Caught Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff. Our program is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to see you here next week.